Angel faces hell bent for violence. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. And I'm Philip. And welcome to the 250, your weekly look at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. Myself and Andrew regularly host the podcast, but today we've got a special surprise for everybody. We are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Phil Bagnell. Hi there. Phil is a movie critic. I've actually worked with him on the Scanon podcast, which is another podcast which is fantastic. He's a critic. He's on Twitter. He writes a lot. So let's talk a little bit about you. Let's introduce you to the listeners, Phil. Oh, must be the poor listeners. All right. So what are your uh, what's your favorite movie of all time, Phil? Oh God, what day of the week is it? Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll say Memento today, but that'll change. All right. Cool. And um, Phil actually is. Uh, you studied in college. You actually studied French, I believe. Didn't you? I did. So For... this is this is why we drafted uh, drafted you in. I'm afraid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> myself, myself, and Andrew. What, what episode is this? Uh, this is the 400 blows. The quatre cents coups. Uh, myself and Andrew are maybe not the most experienced individuals when it comes to world cinema, as we've discovered. Yeah, um, with, with with the debacle of Stalker. <laughs> um, in which Andrew's opening question is, why are these people speaking Russian? <laughs> um, well, Stalker, I, Stalker is a masterpiece, but I did enjoy the debacle. Yeah. Um, so we thought that maybe we try something, we bring in somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Yeah, well, after, after episode, who knows how many. Really? <laughs> who, who is this? I can't wait to meet them. hi But you actually, um, so myself and Andrew, Andrew had never seen this before. Uh, myself and I had never seen the 400 bows before. Okay. I think you mentioned you'd seen this in college, actually twice. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it, well, I studied French in my undergrad, and then I studied film studies, so I ended up uh, covering the French New Wave quite a bit. But anyway, the 400 blows is, it's kind of the standard bearer for uh, the French New Wave. It's one of the first, isn't it? It was 1958, It's one of the first. I don't think it was quite the first, but it was... Is one of the first, and it's also one of the best, and still one of the most highly regarded and accessible of yeah. the new wave films. First bit of background, what we'll do is we'll talk generally about the film, um, we'll talk then, we'll go into a bit more depth later on in a moment, but in terms of, would we recommend people watch this film? Does it belong in the top 250 movies of all time? Well, we'll defer to our expert on this, Phil, go first, and then... Uh... Um, absolutely. You think, it, I, I would sort of agree with that, I think it's a very beautiful, very brilliant film. Uh, Andrew looks like he's poised I, to interject here. Well, I, 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 I actually, I, I did like it. I, 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 I would Are recommend. Sure? I would recommend people watch it. I kind of want to be the one poised uh, that, in, in that, that's being contrarian, yeah. playing devil's advocate. Not but easy, I, though, I can't in good conscience. This hmm. is a very good movie. It is. So, in terms of for people who haven't seen it, just to talk very broadly about it, it is a film that was. Uh, Directed and partially written by um, Francis Truffaut. Uh, yeah, it was he, co-written with uh, uh, Marcel Moussy. And I believe they do the thing, and I, I, this, we were talking about this about on another another podcast, I can't remember what film it was we were talking about, Oh, It's a Wonderful Life, where we were talking about how you would have the scenarios devised by one writer and the dialogue by another, mm. so you would know exactly who to blame if something goes wrong. But it is, <laughs> it's, um, the, I believe the story was from Truffaut, and it was lightly inspired by his own childhood. It's uh, at least partly autobiographical. Uh, he, basically, his own life, he lived with his grandmother until he was about eight years old and then lived with his parents it was a fairly rough and tumble household and that's more or less what happens in the film it yeah. is the story of its young hero Antoine Duanel played by Jean-Pierre Léo and his experiences which and are very it, like Truffaut and it's worth pointing out that um, he revisits the character repeatedly over his filmography mm. like I think he's done is it he does one short film and he does three more features with it right uh, that's right yeah um, which is, is quite amazing and they're all played by the same actor Jean-Pierre Léo over those, yeah. of those years yeah. are, are, are we entering the spoilers I uh, suppose we haven't well, really I mean, it's, done it's, any spoilers it's not really unless unless people were expecting the kid to die at the end of the film spoiler the kid dies at the end of the film Andrew is secretly, Spo- yeah. secretly rooting for that no, no, Everyone just, in this movie is dead. Yes, um, <laughs> but just in terms of talking generally about the film. So it is, it's an exploration of youth. It's uh, very sort of naturalistic. One of the things I really like about it is it's very well observed. Mm. Um, and apparently I was reading, I did a little bit of reading beforehand, and Truffaut was talking about how, well, first of all, before he did this, he this was his first feature-length film. That's right. And he directed a short film beforehand involving children. Mm. And what he found when he directed that short film was that children do not behave as adults think they behave mostly. He no. was saying, saying that like... That, they wanted them to spy on a couple engaged in an adulterous affair, which is something that in some ways carries over to the, the 400 blows. There's a mm-hmm. similar sequence in it. And he found that the children did not react to that in the way that he expected them to react as an adult. Um, and so when he constructed the 400 blows, he wanted it to be more naturalistic, I think he said, hmm. and sort of more reflective of how children actually see the world. And I think the this, film... This is very naturalistic. It I is, I mean, yeah. there, there was nothing in this that didn't remind me of being a child. Which is remarkable, yeah. 
Um, given that Andrew was not a child in 1950s France, that was quite a... <laughs> no, but uh, Ireland in the 1990s was probably a little <laughs> bit like France in the 1950s. We are probably just caught up by then. Yeah, but it is. So we won't go into too much depth about what happens because it's not really a, a particularly narrative film, I don't think. It, I wouldn't describe not it very as such. Yeah. No, it's more about capturing that essence of childhood. It's why the film works so well and why it's overloved. It's because it's recognisable. We yeah. can see a lot of this in so many of our lives because we all went through a lot. Of and I think there are there are like feelings. Yeah, and it's it's more the moments that it captures really well. So it kind Part, of, parts of this might not relate so strongly to Darren's childhood, <laughs> but we'll talk about that in a bit more depth uh, later. But yeah, so we all really like it. We all think it should be on the list, and we'd all recommend going to see it. So I think with that in mind, we might then sort of delve into let you stop the podcast. Watch the movie in your own time and then sort of come back and we're going to talk about it in a bit more depth. Welcome back from 1950s France. Uh, back to 1950s France. From. Okay. You're, oh, yeah. yeah. You're, 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 you've, you've finished watching the movie and then we you're hope. choosing to spend the next two hours listening to people talk about the movie. Well, yeah. We, we don't quite hope or aim or aspire for two hours. But... No, no. no. On, uh, we're, you're, 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 you're here for as long as you're here. Um, very philosophical, aren't you? Very until, philosophical. until you fall asleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the 250 it's, it's the primary sleep aid for, for modern moviegoers yeah um, but in terms of so let's let's talk a bit about what we liked about the film what we didn't like about the film like what was the film about we'll go and we'll, we'll start with Phil because he's sitting on the off end of the table and then we'll move around Phil what, what is what appeals to you about the, the 400 blows what is it that grabs you what is it that you love about it not to put you on the on the spot or any pressure no, and even after I've just seen the film um what do I love about it? Well, it's just, like I was saying before, the feelings and the moments that it captures, that those ideas of childhood. Uh, what Truffaut was going for was something very naturalistic, and he got it. Yeah. And that all goes back to his primary uh, influencer, his uh, spiritual father, as he described him, André Bazin. Which I believe the film's credited. It's, it's, it's it opens with dedicated a dedication to him. Yeah. Bazin was one of the uh, founders of Cahiers de Cinema, which yeah. is the magazine that inspired... Well, that he wrote the, for. Yeah, that he wrote for. Yeah. And it, it's one of the like bastions of film criticism. Uh, it still is, but it's where, in terms of the French New Wave, it's where a lot of the directors got their start as film critics. What? So Goddard, Truffaut, Chabrol... So many others. It's probably worth worth sort of talking about this, giving a bit of background on Truffaut, because he is he's the relatively rare uh, film director, apart from all those examples you just named, um, <laughs> of, a, of a film director who came up from film criticism. Yeah, like he was a notoriously uh, tough critic. He was known as the grave digger of it's... French cinema, I believe, at one stage, <laughs> and famously. In 1958, uh, which is the year uh, in which he shot and in which he developed and shot this film, yeah. he was not invited to the Cannes Film Festival. And let, let's let's put this in context. Like Cannes, Cannes is is like every year you get stories from Cannes about people booing films, and it's mm. like this is the worst thing in the world. But that's actually what Cannes is. Cannes is very much about visceral reactions. I say as somebody who's never been there, um, <laughs> but in terms of very much about visceral immediate reactions to why, films. Why 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 don't we go there? About to say this 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 this, this summer have a two. Live from Cannes. Well, the problem the problem with go- doing the two fifty at Cannes is that in order to get on the two fifty, twenty five thousand people need to have seen your film, and if twenty five thousand people have seen your film, you're probably not a Cannes. A that's the only episode. Yeah, that's the only issue. The only thing that stops us recording from Cannes. Well, we we can still record from Cannes. Oh, okay. I like that. We'll ju- we'll just cover Inside Out from Cannes or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we <laughs> we'll can do on the Die be- Hard. Yeah, we'll do Die we, Hard we sitting can, on the beach we, in Cannes. We can record the Christmas episode in July. Yeah, and that'll get us about on schedule. Um, but it is. It's one of the things. Like, so to get get a sense, like Cannes live. is a place live from <laughs> live from tape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> live from that moment when you press the plus the play button on your iPod. Yeah. Uh, I like to think we don't date. We're always live. <laughs> But uh, it's not as if we're talking about a list that's dynamic or evolving or changing or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Remember when the 400 blows was on the 250? I don't think it's going anywhere. I somehow suspect it's not either. But in terms of like, so talking about Cannes as a place where films get booed, imagine how terrible... Or how awful or how mean Truffaut must have been to, get, to be disinvited yeah. from Cannes. And he, he and because he was a French film critic, he went anyway. He just paid for his tickets. Yeah. And he would sign his articles uh, as by Truffaut. 
Yeah. The only French film critic not invited to Cannes. And uh, <laughs> one imagined, yeah, one imagined that he was not. Uh, his reviews were no kinder for that. I, I, I like though that he had one of those. You know when when and and this is relevant to this movie especially when the teacher says, "Well, if you're so smart, why don't you get up and teach the classroom?" Yeah. <laughs> 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 obviously, the French uh, French film directors were like, "Well, if you know so much about movies, why don't you make a movie?" And oh, he did. And that he was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, he came back and he won Best Director he at the, the Cannes in 1959. Which you can imagine being presented through gritted teeth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, here you go. It was a you're great st- film. You're still not getting a press credential. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like when comedians were like, oh, how, how, how did Ricky Gervais get, get his own TV show? He hasn't even done any stand-up. And then he does his stand-up special. <laughs> And it sells millions, and they're like, "Oh, okay." I like um, that. This is probably the only podcast where François Truffaut will be compared to uh, compared to Ricky Gervais. And Pro- God probably. willing, it'll stay that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, no, yeah. It's certainly not, 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 not two names that you hear together combined frequently. But in terms of so the four hundred bucks, just in terms of his history, so he was banned from the festival in nineteen fifty eight. Even though the fact he wasn't invited to the the film festival, um, he convinced his father in law, who was Ignace Morgenstern, to buy the Cranes Are Flying, which was a Soviet, the Soviet entry to the Cannes mm-hmm. Festival in 1958. That performed so well that his father-in-law was finally convinced to give him the money to develop the 400 Blows, which is how, how he ended up directing it. Mm. There's so many wonderful stories about the 400 Blows. My favourite one is the most obvious apocryphal one, is that it's what inspired Harvey Weinstein to go into movie distribution because he thought it was a porno. Well, you know, that, that's, that was an issue with the distribution of it. Because the, the 400 Blows, the title actually, I believe, yeah. refers to a French colloquialism. It is... Uh, it's uh, Tretel, Fairly Catafoncou. It's uh, Tretel. See, uh, I'm really glad that we actually have somebody who, who knows French stuff on this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, the 400 blows, it's, I think it's a good title in English. But you could read it being the numerous blows that Antoine suffered. Received over his life, yeah. yeah. But yeah, not there not is many. also another issue for people who <laughs> no, are not, so No, not minded. physical blows, <laughs> Um There are only five blows that we saw him minister to Antoine yeah, he, over the film. he doesn't get any blows on Rue Saint-Denis. Thank you, Andrew. Oh, sorry. Dear. Andrew's raising the bar for all of us. But in terms of uh, the 400 blows, the title, apparently it was a big marketing issue because they... Yeah. Apparently, they thought that not only did, did Weinstein think that it was a, a, porno, a pornographic film, apparently it had difficulty convincing international audiences to see it because they thought it was about corporal punishment. Yeah. So I could, I, which could, isn't far wrong, in a way. No, no. But it's not quite right. It's either. more about emotional abuse and sort of neglect and psychological stuff, but we'll probably talk about that in a moment. Yeah, yeah. But it does, it really does capture that sense of being a kid. Like, there's very little corporal punishment in this. I, 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 I was expecting there to be more. It being a movie uh, in in the fifties, I had the popcorn out. <laughs> Andrew was very very excited about the prospect yeah. of corporal punishment. Yeah, uh, whatever floats your boat. So aside from it disappointing you on the corporal punishment front, Andrew, what was it that really spoke to you? What did you really like about it? Well, I I, I liked how how true it was, and obviously Truffaut went to great lengths to. To get material that 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 actually spoke truthfully about this, the, you don't get the sense that he kind of sat down to write a movie about about children and then thought, uh, "What would a child say?" Oh, I'll just write this. Yeah. It'll, it'll it'll be fine. It, it'll it'll it'll, it'll convince it'll, adults. Yeah, yeah. It'll convince adults that what watching this movie there was no there was no real bum note in it where where it felt obviously it was made up. But 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 there was no there was no sense at any point in which it any of this was fa- or, fabricated. Yeah. It was a very true movie. Yeah, and and I liked being reminded of of what it's like to be a child and the things that people don't really quite remember maybe as well. Like the 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 fact that being a child teaches you to kind of lie and cheat and hustle. Yeah, uh, to 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 a great extent. All of the lessons that you're not meant to learn yeah. as a child. But you end skill. up picking up naturally, but you end yeah. Up, yeah. Um, through your experience and interaction with adults. Well, I mean, here's the thing: you're talking about how it was it was fabricated. Here's Truffaut's sort of last interview where he's talking about uh, whether it's autobiographical, and he says, "And I apologize, I'm not going to do a terrible French accent." Yes, but only partially. All I can say is that nothing in it is invented. What didn't happen to me personally happened to people I know, to boys my age, and even to people that I'd read about in papers. Nothing in the 400 Blows is pure fiction, then. But neither is the film a wholly autobiographical work, and I think you can feel that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you, I think you very much get that. I think that's that's the same thing that Fritz Lang said when 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 he wrote um, M. I think the Nazi authority at the time were like, "This this is this is a completely fabricated story." That bit about the um, the uh, criminals 
all getting together and deciding deciding to to to, to, to catch this child killer. That would never happen. It's like, well, actually, that was based on a newspaper story <laughs> about, <laughs> about something that actually happened. Actually, it's funny you should talk about like the, the, the censors and stuff. Apparently, when this was first released, it was rated 16 plus mm-hmm. uh, because of the scene in which he catches his mother um, having a... Yeah, cheating. Yeah. And it's, not even, it's not a graphic scene. It's just, just them kissing kid. in no. public. Uh, but apparently the censors have to back down. And Truffaut, I, I, when you read Truffaut's interviews and comments, he seems... You can tell this man used to be a film critic because mm. there's a certain pettiness to the way that he talks about his enemies, uh, where he talks about basically embarrassing the censorship board into lowering the rating by Don't getting we the have cap- a film critics sitting. We with have us. two film critics. Two film here. critics. Yeah. <laughs> two, the, the, welcome well, to one two film critics and adult. <laughs> no, and the no, adult no. is coming out the best of us apparently. <laughs> but um, it would, he apparently he embarrassed the censorship board into lowering the rating by pointing out that they won a prize from the Catholic Church yeah. <laughs> um, for their portrayal of childhood. Like apparently the Catholic Church really really liked it. Well, it is again. It's a very honest film. And it is a very honest film. Yeah, uh, I can I can see I can see that. Yeah, and I think it has it has a certain sense of integrity to it. Like I think that it it acknowledges that Antoine's choices are maybe not the best without condemning them. Mm. Like I think it, it it paints it's sympathetic to his parents and it's sympathetic to him. And I don't think it's it's excludes one view or the other. In particular, I think his father comes mm. across very very well like that. And I think yeah. it is sympathetic to both him and to his parents and it doesn't pick a side like i think it's quite clear that antoine's decisions are uh, not ideal but it understands why he makes them and it also understands that uh, why his parents yeah. might end up confused and, and unable to cope with them i think yeah and it doesn't advocate immorality no it's i i, I love i love when 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 uh well you were sitting there rooting for him when he made all his bad choices yeah like whenever antoine... were. that's yeah. the point yeah. whenever antoine makes a bad choice andrew's like go for it yeah, yeah, but, 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 but that's, that's what but, the film wants. Yeah, that's what, yeah. His his all of his misbehaving makes makes sense in 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 the context. Yeah, it makes sense in general context. I mean, yeah. he is a child, and yeah. child, children are going to get up to certain uh, kinds of misbehavior. Now, his come from a very specific place because there yeah. are some aspects he's picked up from his friends, some he's picked up from his parents. Yeah, and it it's just basically a rounded portrait of somebody who's doing things. That they've been brought up with. Yeah, and even yeah. if they don't understand why they're doing them themselves, you exactly. can you can sort of paint a picture of it. I think that's one of the great things about it being so... I don't want to say so functionist, but so sort of loose in terms of structure. Mm. Is that you get a sense of, of who he is more than what he does. Like the, the 400 Blows is not necessarily driven by a sequence of events and causes and consequences, although it, it leads places. But it's a film that flows very well all it the does, same. It does, yeah. It's, it, just, it, it's only 100 minutes and yet goes like the Pappers. Because you're just so invested in watching this little guy do what he does even though we know deep down that it's just he probably shouldn't be yeah but we're along for the ride anyway and we know where it's it's going to go well, we don't know exactly where it's going we're we going to go guess. but we, we know it's we not going guess. to end well i think no. the yeah thing. i mean i mean well i mean we uh somebody could watch this movie and expect it to be a story of redemption and about 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 um, uh, they're through, expecting uh, a very a family film. coming together. Yeah, through, through <laughs> adversity. Yeah, um, I, this is. I keep in mind myself and Andrew haven't seen that much of the French New Wave. No. <laughs> well, if not, this is, if this was your first French New Wave film, you made a great start. It is, and it's a very French film uh, without without getting into cliches and without sort of talking too much about it. Well, it is set in Paris. It is set in Paris, but it starts starts with all uh, shots entirely of the Eiffel Tower yeah. from different <laughs> angles. The opening credits are orientated by the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, I think that's kind of looking at it from a child's point of view. It's constantly cranking, looking, looking up. up the Eiffel Tower yeah. as a child would. The, yeah. You know, it's in Paris. It is the most dominant thing in the skyline, as you'd expect. So you're looking up with yeah. that sense of wonder and as a child, drawn would. towards and something like that. And I mean, in fairness, that's arguably what he spends the the rest of the movie trying to do. Like he tries to leave home, for example. He mm. tries to find his way. He tries to be independent from his parents and stuff. Like he's, he's trying to. Yeah. He's forever looking up or yeah. looking out, trying to get away from these confines mm. he's in. Be it his yeah. family, his school, whatever. Yeah, because I I mean a lot of people have a um, nostalgic, positive view of childhood in the sense that oh, wasn't it great to be a child? It's not. No, of course <laughs> being not. Being a child sucks and be, 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 I mean there's there's things there's things we can enjoy about being a child but mostly it's when like most of the enjoyment in childhood comes from misbehaving and the reason you misbehave is because it sucks to be a child I remember one one time it, Darren and I went to the same school 
and well, the, here and, we go. And we, Sorry, we, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> during during some time where where we we were all laughing because we had we 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 had done something we weren't meant to do. It might have been the time where 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 we took a skeleton from the biology room. Oh, I remember and, that. And, yeah. and dressed it up. Um, and left it in in in, in the in, toilets. In, in the toilets, um, it's kind of just next to the urinal, like like it was relieving itself. Yeah. And 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 we were having a laugh about it. And I think somebody, I'm not sure if it was me, made the point. <laughs> I'd Rem- say you're pretty sure. But go on. <laughs> it was like remember this because you know so much. So, uh, but also remember that this wasn't an average day. Most, <laughs> most days were spent in utter boredom when nothing interesting ever happened. <laughs> Where we hated this dump and wanted to get out the soonest <laughs> chance we possibly could. Um, for the, rem, rem, remember that while this was fun, <laughs> this, was, the <laughs> this was very much the exception to what our lives were actually like. Well, I mean, I think there's there's that in that interview with Truffaut, there's a point at which he talks about the nostalgia that people experience for childhood, and he's like, but then I then I think I'm an adult, I can do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Um, and I think we being we, an adult is amazing. We've talked about this. I, I mean, can eat what I like. You should see the amount I eat. One of my favorite moments with Andrew, and I think this was when we went to see Arrival or whatever, was when we were sitting in Eddie Rockets, and there was a little child sitting at the table next to us, and Andrew had had a portion of chicken wings. And there was some sauce left in the bottom of the bowl. And the child was sitting there with his parents. And Andrew proceeded to pick the bowl up and drink it like it was soup. All while making eyes at the little kid as if to say, I'm an adult. I can do this if I want to. You're an evil man. You know that? <laughs> the child tries to do the same. And, and the parents slap him. Yeah, yeah. It's like, don't do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Learn, <laughs> learn from this child. <laughs> oh, this is wrong. Uh, yeah, but but it, it's like um, school going 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 to school is is terrible. It's horrible. It's Absolutely the worst. Horrible. I uh, Darren is making faces. <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as lightly racist. No, I was a good child. But <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I enjoyed school. No, weren't you lucky? School was boring, and and it must have been especially boring for you, Darren, because you were especially intelligent. But yeah. school had boundaries and restrictions and accepted codes of behavior. <laughs> All the stuff Just that you love. All the things that I liked. Like, school had routine and stability and lack of responsibility. It might have had routine, but I don't know about stability. It depends on your school, but I was surrounded by some A-grade A-holes. So, you oh, know, I, I it just, all depends. I just discovered that you make them dependent on you to get their homework right. Oh, no. And you operate it, an economy. Ch- 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 <laughs> children are horrible. No, like, well, they really are. Yeah. And Darren, Darren discovered that he could get through school... By by, I I guess swatting, but also doing everyone else's swatting for him and being, I would sometimes be the be the person that people cheated in their in their um uh, kind of homework by by copying. But then I decided I don't want to do homework either, so um, <laughs> I, I I'm 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 not I'm not going to allow them 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 to cheat on me. Not because not not because I don't want them to benefit, but because. I don't, I, wanna, I don't, I don't want to do, do any work. <laughs> Sorry, it's, I feel... It's just funny that you said how basically children are the worst. There was a point when you were watching the film where, where yeah. I actually said that out loud. The moment when um, the kids sabotage their... their oh, their energy. classes. Yeah, yeah. The, the class snitch. He's in the middle of... A, of uh, Having to recite uh, something in 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 the class, and the kids they rob his new goggles that he's just been that he's just bought, and they proceed to stab through the eye holes and pour ink all over them Uh, and and ruin them for it and throw them back at them. That is the that's the worst part. The worst part is when they're done, they throw it back on the desk in front of him, just as he's finishing, and he slumps down and finds the goggles (laughs) there destroyed. It's the psychological warfare element of it. Like it's not the meaning. I really enjoyed that part, and (laughs) it's a wonderful part because. One, you're thinking, God, these kids are horrible. And two, that little bastard deserved it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, it's brilliant. But it is, and I think there's a... We talked about how naturalistic it is, and despite the fact it's set in Paris in 1958, like, there is a lot of stuff that I think people do recognise in their own school days. Like, the little the little guy in the corridor digging through the coats looking for change, yeah. for example. I think we've all known yeah. kids a, like that. Yeah, it's a nice throwback to a point they had earlier in the film where, again, they're... they're Kids are teaching each other about basically how to get money off their parents or whatever. Yeah. It's nice to know that they'll do it uh, to their schoolmates as well. They yeah. will rob any money they have. Yeah. Which is just again reinforcing the point that children are horrible. They really oh, are. They're mini sociopaths. And if you're if you're unfortunate enough 
to be a moral child, like, like who was raised right. I was. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, we suffer. Oh, yeah, we absolutely oh, suffer. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Andrew, are you speaking as a child who was raised right, or are you? Speaking I was too? raised right. Oh. My, 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 my parents uh, took took very good care to to raise me well. I still got in a lot of trouble. I think I I think part of the reason why I got in a lot of trouble was because I had certain moral certainty about, about certain things. For example, one should tell the truth. So if anybody said, for example, the principal would say. Um, all right, I know, I know you were all um, do, doing something. I forget what it was. I think it was all fighting in, in the playground. And it's like, step forward, whoever was fighting. And I, I stepped forward because everyone was doing it. But I was one of the people who was doing it. And, and, and then I just started laughing. And I'm and, and, and kind of like not pointing at anyone specifically, <laughs> but like looking at my classmates and, and saying, oh, you, you what a bunch of cowards! Which is exactly you know, what the teacher says. Yeah, yeah, but 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 the te- uh, the teacher wasn't very happy with my reaction to this either. <laughs> so he actually didn't expect you to own up. Yeah, yeah. Well, but my, my personal <laughs> thing, one of my favorite memories of Andrew in school, and I feel, uh, sorry, I feel like Phil's being locked out of this, having not attended. No, no, school no I, I can relate to a lot of this more than the film. Okay, please, but, carry uh, on. <laughs> sorry, we'll get back to the film in a second. But it's it's Andrew when you were a teacher when you were in Irish, and it was like um, I can't remember what it was that got the the question round, and it's like uh, so. You your name and it's like Andrew Quinn and you said something and the teacher said we've got a comedian here and your response was no no you haven't I'm not a comedian it's like oh you think you're funny it's like no I'm answering the questions you're asking me and this went on for about 10 minutes and the teacher was particularly highly round Mr. Yeah. yeah I I I I always felt that it was a mistake oh. to talk to teachers with deference if they were going to be rude to me I was going to be rude to them I, I remember like uh, if 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 ever a teacher said shut up to 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 a child in school, I'd put my hand up, and eventually the teacher would would, would say yes, Andrew, you, you you need to use the bathroom or something, and I'd be like no no, I just wanted to tell you to shut up, <laughs> and sometimes it would dawn on them that they had made a mistake, and and uh, and they would suddenly go silent, and it would take them a moment, and then they would continue teaching the class. Sometimes they didn't take it very well. <laughs> but you know what? That is more to do with their double standards. Than it has to do with you as a child. Yeah. Um, oh, all right. Um, okay, so in terms of the, the movie then, let's, let's actually get back <laughs> to talking about the movie. And Antoine's uh, childhood as opposed to well, our specific childhood. But isn't this indicative of just how true the film is, is? That we are so readily relating that it to it, our own it, experience. It brings back the, the memories. I mean, even, even Andrew accusing his classmates of being cowards feels very much a scene that plays out in the film itself with the teacher. Yeah, uh, the teacher asking, can't get an answer out teacher, of Teacher, yeah, ask somebody to stand up and admit what they've done. And he's like, no, you're, you're okay, you're all cowards, which is very much yeah. sort of in keeping with that. But in terms of um, the film, so so Antoine is raised by uh, it's it's based on Truffaut's own childhood, yeah. as you're saying. So he was raised by is his it... mother, um, and she married, and he took the father's name. Actually, yeah, exactly. Like the father that we see in the film is not Antoine's biological father. No, so, uh, probably and that the is... better parent. He probably. is definitely, yeah, yeah. certainly. Um, but it's that is all from Truffaut's own experience. He he eventually learned his biological father was, but never knew him. As a dentist, I believe, wasn't uh, that? Yeah. It was that? And I think his mother's family disputed it or something. Yeah, know. but he accepted it. He accepted it. But the father he has, like you say, he is ultimately proved to be a better parent than his mother, who... Well, I mean, even even in his introductory yeah. scene, like he's he's very clearly in tune with the kids. So like uh, Antoine asks for a thousand francs and he's like, oh, so you're a- I know what you're doing here. You're asking for a thousand because you want 500 and what you actually need is 300. Yeah, here's a hundred. Yeah. And then here's another 500, <laughs> yeah. but don't do it. Which mother. is a, an understanding, I think. The part. mother does have some redeeming moments. Oh, right? she's she later does. on in the yeah. film. She, yeah, yeah. Where she her, does. Her, her, um, where she's coming from with her little writing project that that uh, that she gives to Antoine. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's basically... Based on she, she says to him, um, "If you I do well, I'm, I'm, in, I'm interrupting." No, I was going to say, I think that's a bit of a double-edged sword. Like, I think it's not entirely. I'll let you talk, and then I'll say, I, I, I thought that scene was very well played, but I don't think it was entirely altruistic. But you go for it. I'm going to let you finish. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. But uh, Andrew Quinn is the best Truffaut critic. Sorry. I feel like I want to jump in at this point, on, but I hate, inter- I hate to interrupt no. Kanye, but okay. Um, <laughs> what I like about the mother character in yes. this is that, okay, so the father relates to Antoine much better, but what I like about the mother is that her varying reactions to him, whether it's there are moments where she actively tries to 
be a good mother to him, to love him. And then there are others where she's just completely annoyed with him. Yeah. Again, they're all very realistic. They're yeah. all incredibly relatable. You yeah. could see how she would react to that because the kid is a handful. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's never like one of the things that would be very easy to do in this. And it's something that happens all the time when you're dealing with movies that are normally about kids is to portray the kid's point of view as the parent being inherently always wrong and the child being always right or whatever. And I think that the 400 Blows works so well because it understands both point of view. And not even Absolutely. both not even both point of views. It understands Every the father's point of view, point of view yeah. and the mother's point of view is two separate things. Yeah. Like, for example, you're talking about that scene where she offers him the, is it a thousand francs? A thousand francs to do well in his next if assignment. He, if he places in the top five in his class. And that's an attempt to encourage him to do better at school. Yeah, but, but it's bribery. It is also bribery. And I also read that as part of... Oh, come of... on. <laughs> You're going to judge a parent for bribing her children. Well, I mean, let, we'll talk about like we'll talk about the standards of French parenting in a moment because there are some stuff that we noticed as modern audiences that were really fun to talk about. But I think there's, the scene also has a subtext to it where like it's clear that she's noticed, she spotted him spotting her having an affair stepping out in the husband. Mm, yes. And so she begins, before she offers him the thousand francs to do well, she begins by talking about how she saw a boy when she was younger and she told her mother about it. And her mother said, don't tell your father about it. Uh-huh. And my reading of that scene was that this was the understanding that the two of us are reaching and I'll give you a thousand francs. But that thousand francs is conditional. Yeah. So course. it's it's like it's the best kind of bribe. That's... It's the bribe that you're not assured. It's the bribe <laughs> that there's a very low chance you'll have to pay out on. That's a that's a very good point because uh, up to a point there's mutually assured destruction. Yeah. As in as in well, Antoine has seen his mother having an affair and she's a, seen him too. One of them is more serious than the other. By but the to way. a child. <laughs> but to a child. And this is what the film yeah. I really like about the film. Yeah. Because the film the film constantly portrays. Uh, events and actions that the audience knows are minor uh, transgressions yeah, for a child, a child but to a child they're, they're, yeah, they're catastrophic everything is the end of the world yeah. um, so for example he's worried about being caught skipping school and he's worried about being punished when he gets caught skipping school so he decides to leave home forever uh, and then <laughs> set up home in his, a print factory his first plan which is brilliant <laughs> is to just say that because um, he, he needs to make up a lie about why he wasn't at school yeah but if you're making up a lie, you should make it a big lie. Yeah, well, he gets that advice from Renee, who is just as awesome. But we're By going to talk way, about... yeah, Ren- Renee. We'll talk about Renee in a moment. I but want anyway, a sequel gets... with just Renee. Well, okay. Well, we, we can half fix that. <laughs> Hollywood but... will probably do that. Yeah. They make sequels of everything, right? <laughs> yeah, particularly French New Wave All films. the kids want to see these remakes of French New Wave movies. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> careful, you'll give them ideas. Marvel's Renee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so he gets the advice from Renee that the best way to lie is to lie big because that convinces people. And Renee's example he gives is he said that his mother broke his le- broke her leg. And yeah. the teachers were like, okay, that's grand. Look, great example, yeah, Renee. Great yeah. example. We don't need to see any paperwork on that. Yeah. And um, Antoine, it seems like you can take it from here. Yeah. <laughs> so Renee sort of hands it over. Antoine is stopped by the teacher and his immediate response oh. is... Um, my mother... Uh, <laughs> What, 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 about, what, your, what about your mother? Uh, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great because it's one of those things that in a moment you can imagine a child doing. Because you could. Uh, the adult has the filter to go, can I back this up? Will there be follow-up questions? What am I going to do about this in half an hour? <laughs> I, I'm not sure if he's telling the truth, but what if he is? <laughs> How do I react to this? Yeah. And the, the, t- the teacher sort of pauses and he actually gains the sympathy of the teacher until he it does. comes back around. <laughs> for, yeah, for about two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the teacher, um, yeah. It's very sympathetic. Like when he calls him on class, he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, but... <laughs> did, did I ever tell you about the time we did that too? The, sa- the same teacher that you were talking about earlier. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the, we told him there's a child in, in, in the class. Oh, you didn't his, even tell him that it was your his, parent. His you... name is Eamon. Oh, my God. And, uh, no, no, no. I, we, oh, did, I we remember did... Eamon. Eamon was very quiet. Yeah, Eamon was very quiet. And we said, we said, we said to this teacher, um, we said, now, I know teaching us can be a bit, a bit difficult. We're, we're, we're like a rambunctious lot. <laughs> but we can't, like, fun, fun is fun. We'll, 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 we'll always know when to draw the line. Eamon, on the other hand, I know he seems quiet, but he's dangerous. And you need to be very careful with how you speak to him. And, he, and he's like, what are you talking about? Eamon? And it's like, yeah, Eamon. He's, 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 
he's he's you you wouldn't know it to look at him, but but it, but he he he's actually like a big drug dealer where he's from, and 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 he he's he's been known to beat people up, and he's got like an <laughs> a hair thin trigger where like his anger is known to blow at any point. So could you please just like for for your own sake, like don't 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 say anything to Eamon. and for the rest of the year it's like. Uh, he would ask somebody if they had done their homework, and he'd be like, "No." And then he would, uh, miss, uh, he would te- trip, yeah. The, yeah, the teacher would be like, "God, like," uh, and he he would he would he would start like freaking out at somebody, and then he would go to Eamon and it's like, um, "Eamon, do you have the answer?" And it's like, um, "I haven't actually," and it's like, "Oh, that's fine." Then he would move along. Yeah. yeah, but unfortunately, the teachers in the four hundred blows are a bit sharper than our second year Irish teacher. Unfortunately, that said, though, if you're listening, Eamon, hello. Well, we, oh, we were talking about how he gets caught out and his immediate yeah. response. So oh, inevitably, the parents come to the school and are not best pleased. No, but, yeah, it's quite it, it, the laugh we got out of that when suddenly we see oh the teacher's been summoned out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's been oh he's been called out. Oh, there's his mother resurrected. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's the all inev- gone it's south. The inevitability of it all is what makes it. And again, it plays throughout the film because you can see the bad choices that that Antoine makes. They're always going to go back. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can see the consequences in a way that he can't. Like <laughs> what I would like to see more in this movie. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. You, no, you, no. You, you, what I would like to see more in this movie is the amazing feeling as a child where you do something wrong and there are no consequences <laughs> whatsoever. It feels amazing. It, yeah, so your problem with the four hundred blows is yeah. that is, is that Antoine <laughs> doesn't te- get away with you it too much. <laughs> <laughs> that, that there are consequences to your actions. How, did, I, did I ever tell you about the time where I was marched to the principal's <laughs> office and read the riot act? And at the end, the the principal said, "Mrs. Mitchell is not going to be very happy about this." I said, "No, no, she isn't." <laughs> <laughs> and then I walked out, and it's like, "Yes, that was amazing." Whoever, 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 whoever she's confused me with has that on their permanent record. It's now. just that now I can imagine you sitting there going, "Well, I've had my fun, <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly. all that matters." <laughs> But, um, but there's yes. something glorious about that. There really was. I like how the podcast has become Andrew's Sorry. childhood recollection. Phil, you must have some stories. No, I was a good boy. Let's move on. <laughs> but it, it is you get the you get the gradual sense and the, the fact that he makes like so. For example, when after that happens, he decides he's running away from home. Yeah, and, and, and we've all had that moment where out of yeah. frustration or anger, it goes, I'm leaving. Bye. We, we say we're running away from yeah. home. How but many times did I threaten to leave? Very few of us have the commitment that sort of Antoine has to this idea of running away from home. I How, think. What's the closest that a Darren Mooney, say, has gotten to running away from home? I didn't even want to go to summer camp. No? No, I, I wanted to run to home. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, yeah. You sort of expected that answer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of did. Oh, okay. like I, I had a great home life, and even I wanted to run away from home. I don't get that. I, I mean, as a kid, even as a kid, I understood like who's going to feed me, who's going to clothe me, who's going to provide a roof over my head. Well, that said, now most kids don't think that way, but. Yeah, fair enough. I, I I would always fantasize about how it's going to be like a Huckleberry Finn type character, type character. a line yeah. tied to your toe and yeah, just yeah, floating yeah. down the river. I, I was just going to steal milk from. <laughs> yeah, which is is one of the things. Like he he steals milk at live one in point. a factory. Well, and you can see the the escalation from. So so for example, when he runs away from home. He meets Renee. Let's talk about Renee. Renee is his best friend. Renee is his best friend. And Renee really has his stuff together. Renee is a cool mofo. He to, really is. To, to quote the children. Even when he's introduced, because he has the little satchel that they have, but he carries it like a briefcase. Yeah, he's got a and satchel, he has... he has a little overcoat. He is essentially an oh. adult made miniature. He yeah. is, and he's got he's got all the ideas. So like whenever Antoine like the problems that arise from Excuse like me. Antoine and Renee's friendship come from the fact that Antoine doesn't understand in the same way that, that Renee does. No, like, yeah. if Antoine listened to René and didn't improvise around René's plans, uh, things would go a lot well, smoother. He doesn't have René's mind. No, for, no. For... René can plan ahead. He can see the roadblocks coming up. <laughs> and intervene with them. Like, there's, there's a great moment where he's, he's at one stage, he's, first of all, he sneaks um, Antoine into the factory that his parents own. Yeah. Um, printing so he can sleep. So he can sleep. Uh, and then he actually has him sneak into the house while his parents are also using the house at the same time. And there's a beautiful sequence of him hiding Antoine in his room while his father's eating dinner. But also, when his father leaves to wash up, setting the clock ahead 
to 9.30 at night so that his father thinks it's time to go to his meeting. I can't even remember I think what... he's going to the club. He's going to the club. He doesn't the even... He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't even kind of make it sound like something legitimate. Like a responsibility. <laughs> he might yeah. be going yeah. to for, for to have an affair. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. that's the point. The, all the other parents, except for Antoine, seem to be absent. And so one of the kids are the way they are. Yeah, well, I mean, even, even then, like, Antoine's life, home life, is presented as something where you can understand why he'd want to run away. Like, he's introduced sleeping in the hallway. Yeah, like, the, the door to his, his, his apartment doesn't even open fully. No, it, like, it's a rough little place. It is just yeah. a little too and up, too down in Brennan's the middle of father, Paris. by the way, knows that Antoine is there. There's a yeah. moment where he sees Antoine, uh, Antoine hiding over feet. the edge of the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he doesn't and even... ignores it. And, and, <laughs> this is and what kids do, right? The, the room is full of cigar smokes, and he says, oh, this place is a smokehouse. I'm going to deduct three cigars from your allowance. Yeah, which is which is. By the way, let's talk about this because inappropriate smoking is has, one of the themes of the two fifty. One of the recurring themes of the two fifty is like seeing the evolving attitude towards cigarettes in cinema. Uh, and we talked about how we knew that the four hundred blows was a French film, not because, not because characters are speaking French or because the opening sequence is based around the Eiffel Tower. But by the fact that, that the like, children smoke, the, the children don't just smoke. And uh, Rene has a cigar allowance, apparently, not cigarette allowance, cigar allowance, because you're doing this properly. Well, and then, there's a moment later in the film where Rene is is uh, sorry, where Antoine is locked up. Uh, we'll talk about that in its own terms. But he's locked up in a slammer, but he's still able to roll his own cigarette. And like even when he's had to, he's turned down whatever coffee they've given him because he, it's undrinkable and he's just in this, <laughs> in this, and he's in this, this coffee corner. Yeah. Uh, he's in this tank little corner of a pri- of a police cell. And what does he do? Little bit of pa- tears off a little bit of paper, little bit of tobacco, and away he goes. But it's it's like it's a scene that you would see in the Shawshank Redemption that w- that would demonstrate that like Tim Tim Robbins had been in prison yeah, for like, like a year. Out a page from his Bible and, yeah. and yeah, rolling but, it up. But it's like You'd yeah, it, it. in an American prison movie, that's like proof that somebody's been in prison for years. This is just act- proof he's French. Yeah. Are, yeah, French <laughs> people. Antoine has Different been in prison standard. for forty minutes. I mean, yeah. it, that is one of the most quintessential scenes in any. French film I can think of is the yeah. sight of Antoine Toinel lying on his bed with a little cigarette reading Balzac. Yes. And that's another little childhood thing as well. And yeah. He's reading this great author and thinking, this is phenomenal. And then once he gets I, an assignment in class, he copies it yes, and he thinks it's inspiration. He really does. Um, I think, I think um, I feel like Andy what... Dufresne, when he escapes from prison, <laughs> is still less uh, worldly, worldly than, than, than Antoine Toinel. <laughs> Is uh, after 40 minutes in the slammer. Exactly. But I mean, like, you're talking about that plagiarism thing. Yeah, that's another memory of childhood. It's like, I remember, yeah. do- I remember doing that in English and being always being proud when I got away with it. Because I was like, yes, my teachers are not at all cultured. Um, <laughs> they weren't watching RT2 last week when they showed Heat. Um, I like, <laughs> I, well, we all did hell. Yeah. We did it in uh, school. We did it in sec- I did not do that. My oh, leaving okay. English essay was plagiarized. But, you know, that's another story. Yeah. But uh, I kind of want to hear it now. But uh, well, not so much plagiarized. Just basically, the plot was a scene from the English patient. Ah, okay. I bet you were expecting something more salacious. I was a bit. Oh, well, it's me, Darren. I don't do salacious. I I know somebody who got in trouble for writing this harrowing junior third English essay about her 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 abusive home life, and <laughs> which which was completely made up. Like she, she did she had, get the age? She, I, I, I think she, 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 she might have, but I, 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 purely out of pity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was all of this like um, terrible um, stuff about like her, 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 her parents, and it was basically Angela's ashes. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, again in context, this is an Irish childhood in the nineties. It's yeah. not that far removed, um, but. Um, no, so let's, let's sort of talk about it. So in terms of, um, it, it's a movie very much about childhood, very naturalistic, but it also, I think, has something to say about, like, young offenders and about sort of, like, the French judicial system and the process that they used at the time. Hmm. So, for example, um, Antoine uh, escalates. It, it really is, like, we talked about it getting winning an award from the Catholic Church. Uh, it is very much like a, a, like a sort of a, a moral, it is in some ways a moral play, where his is he escalates from, first, he steals a bottle of milk, hmm. then... He steals a typewriter, and then he's basically he's caught, he's, he's caught, and he's put in like and this is a this is like amazing to see like from the context of a, of a modern audience. But he's placed in a cage, pretty much in the it, gendarme station. Yeah, it's made to if it's not meant to look like if it isn't a cage, it's sure made to look like one. Yeah, yeah. and 
I mean, that is it. He's one. He's been caught. It is, like you say, very much a kind of a moral play. He's he's had a couple of transgressions. The first time he got away with it to a certain extent, and then once he got caught with the tie pressure, you're Nick Sonny, and there he is in his little cage. And he there is this wonderful moment when he's actually put in this little pen by himself, a little square thing. It is, yeah, because they have and to the make ca- room yeah. for the prostitutes. Yeah, in the uh, other side. <laughs> but again, make another way indi- for the prostitutes, kid. Yeah, another indication this is a French film. But anyway, but he's put placed in his little cell. And it just the camera is at his level. He's just sitting down and he's looking up, and the, there's the light shining on him, yeah. giving this real puppy dog eye look. And the camera slowly pans out, and it's just the saddest thing. The fu- the last third of uh, the 400 blows is so unbearably sad because we're constantly presented with images where you're looking at this little boy who has done relatively minor yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he's, he's, st- he's stolen food. He stole the typewriter, which he then returned, and in fact, he got caught because he returned it. Now, in fairness, they probably would have traced it to him eventually, but the act that gets him arrested is the act of bringing it back. Yeah, he could have just abandoned that typewriter yeah. somewhere. He, yeah. could, he, he could have thrown it. it in a river. Well, I mean, there's a point where they were walking over a bridge. They were walking half, over a bridge, and he I was half, half contemplating ex- throwing it in the Seine. Yeah. Absolutely, and they could have done, and, and he would have got away. With it. He would have got away with it, which I think is an interesting sort of point the film's making, and that like the point that he brings it back suggests that maybe he's not completely irredeemable. Well, true. I mean, it's, and, it's like you said, it, this is a film that won uh, praise and an award from the Catholic Church because it's absolutely saying, you know, love the sinner but hate the sin. Yeah. yeah. And it's a film that is completely cares, it completely cares about Antoine because, yeah. you know, at the heart of it, he's just a little boy. Yeah, and I mean, and then in the final third, there's a sense that he's been... Not necessarily that he's been failed, but he will be failed by the system. And he, this will, in some ways, this will basically define him more than anything else about him. Yeah, like, the fact that he reads Balzac is an essential. The fact that he has friendships, the fact that he is clever. Like, he's not book smart, but he's clearly canny. He has, he's, he's, not as, he's not as wily as René. René that's, no. that's but who is? But he has potential. <laughs> yeah, has he potential. Has, if, if only René had had more chances to, to mold to, him. Yeah, yeah, to assault him. Like, <laughs> I think the saddest image of the film for me was, you know, the, the image of him locked in the cage was very sad and the final scene, which we'll talk about in a bit, was very sad. The first time he cries when he's in the wagon being oh, taken that's to heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. And, but it, it's heartbreaking distracting because Paris is a beautiful city and Paris looks beautiful even while watching it through the cages of oh, a... Of even, a, even of a the gendarmes yeah, the gen- are gorgeous yeah. in Paris. So that's sort I'm of... Not, I'm not kidding. The yeah. cemeteries are uh, worth seeing. Well, have you yeah. seen the catacombs and stuff? Like, they give guided tours, don't they? I was, uh, yeah, I've been to... Uh, uh, the um, Perlachez, thank yeah. you. Couldn't have, but yeah, everything is beautiful about Paris. Absolutely, it is. It's, a, it's an and absolutely this film city. absolutely testifies to that. Yeah, um, in black and white. So sorry, sorry, so sorry to distract from you. It's very sad. He's in in the back of a paddy wagon. He's still seeing um, Paris, and it's still looking beautiful. And I found it kind of looking at him crying. I was like, yes, this is very sad and moving. But I was also like, yes, Paris is really beautiful. Yeah. Because it just goes to show you that even in somewhere that that is so romanticized that people have these harsh experiences and they still have <laughs> lives. You know, the saddest moment for me was the moment where Rene goes to visit, um, goes to visit uh, Antoine in the in the home, mm. and it, it's a really great scene because you can it's, see it's played out in silence. It's played out in silence. Well, first of all, Antoine's watching through the window, and you can see Rene walk up and talk to the guard. And he's negotiate his trying way to negotiate in. his way in. And you're like, yes, if anybody can do this, Rene can do this. And there's a moment where the guard sort of seems like the guard gives him a fair hearing. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, go away, kid. It's like, Rene gets to, to state his argument very clearly. Because Rene will. Rene will. that's Rene. With his little uh, business coat and his little sachet. <laughs> and eventually, unfortunately, the guard sends him away. And, and uh, Antoine's mother doesn't speak up for him, which is actually quite, quite disheartening. But you get this little shot of Rene walking down out of the little, uh, little holding place for children. On his little bike and cycling off into the distance. All the way back to Paris, presumably. All, all the way back to Paris, one assumes. But it's like, that is that is sort of like the sad closing moment for Rene. Yeah, like, he's, he's, I felt, he's lost his friend. I felt almost, well, he does pop up in the sequels, I believe. It is true. And uh, in fact, actually, well, we're talking about how awesome Rene is. You know, we're talking about how this was drawn uh, from the life of, of Truffaut. He had, a, he had a friend, a Rene equivalent. Yes, you are indeed. The, the critic uh, Robert Lachenay. And I'm not, I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing that right. I'm going to trust our French expert here. Lachenay. Oh, cool. So, um, who apparently, um, the allegation is that uh, Truffaut even wrote under his pen name at times mm. as well. But uh, yeah, so in terms of uh, that, that was that really affected me. That little sad shot of Renee getting on his bike and getting into the distance. There was a lot of affecting moments in this movie. Um, I I I think we said when we watched La La Land or when we were recording that this is a movie that will make you laugh and cry, and that's a bit of a cliche. But I think the best movies are that way, and the best the best plays. 
Yeah. They, well, the best art it, in general. Yeah. yeah. If it, it's it's it something can affect that, you in any number of different ways. Exactly. Yeah. And this is a point. This is a very funny movie. It is. And I think and it, it's a very sad movie. And and it's not one at the expense of the other. And no. it's not it's not as if even when it uh, when it stops being when it when it sort of transitions into uh, Antoine being arrested, it's not as if it stops being funny at that moment. Like no. it continues to have that wry observational sort of stuff, like him sneaking the bite of food even after he's been punished by the yeah. the warden, for example, or him sneaking away during the match, you know, yeah. like under the under the fence and stuff. Like it is. It's he was very... offside, by the way. And Andrew's observation was that he was way offside. But I, 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 let's talk about the closing image because the closing image because it's probably the most famous shot of the film. But... It is indeed. Like we were talking about this when we were watching it, I was like, I, I know where this shot is going. Even though you hadn't, seen even the though film. I've never seen the film. Yeah. Before. So he's basically he's escaped from the home. He's run down the road, and you know all this time while he's running, you, you know that okay, he's escaped. But where's he going? We have absolutely no idea. And then he gets to the beach. The seashore, which is what his mother always wanted, that if he's going to be somewhere, he's going to be by the sea. Yeah. So he finally gets there, and he runs along, runs into the just to the edge of the surf, and turns back, looks direct in the camera. It freezes, zooms in on his face, and says, "Finn." That's it. Which is yeah, and it's but it, it's a beautiful scene, and it's it's great because of, well, first of all, as you mentioned, the fact that his mother wanted to be by the sea gives it a nice little ironic twist. Yeah. But it's also like a suggestion that this is a dead end for him as well, like the suggestion that like. After this has happened to him, there is nowhere he can go. It's it is literally the end. It is the end. Like he can run away from where he is, but he's only going to hit a dead end. There's no escaping the fact that he is now a juvenile offender. He's now part of the system. This will define him. Mm. Even though all he did was return a typewriter. Yeah, he tried um, to. He got arrested for eventually trying to do the right thing. Yeah, and I think I think there's something very touching and very affecting in that. I think it's it's a very very powerful. Uh, oh, I liked I liked the line in it. What will France be like in ten years? The teacher when 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 he's bemoaning. The, and this was 1958, so we're ten years <laughs> off 1968. Yeah, 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 it's predicting the future. <laughs> it, it is. That is some wonderful. Very time. prescient. It is a very very prescient. Well, I mean, in fact, the uh, what was it? The um, the scenes. Those those scenes were apparently allegedly uh, inspired by the Jean Vigo Zero for Conduct. I believe. Uh, Jean Vigo. Yeah. Jean Vigo. Uh, apologies. Jean Vigo directed one of my favorite films, uh, La Balance, but another one. He, well, it's actually quite a sad story. Jean Vigo is he is one of the great French directors, despite the fact he only ever directed one feature and three shorts. Wow! And one of those was Zero de Conduite, Zero for Conduct. Yeah. And there are scenes where, it, well, basically Zero de Conduite is about a school. Life in school. Yeah. yeah. And there are scenes which ape similar scenes in that film. Yeah. And, and the one where they're jogging through the, the great scene, isn't it, where they oh. where the teacher's jogging um, and he's so paying so little attention. Yeah. Number of children. <laughs> and yeah. The, the children. That, that's yeah. inspired. That is a it. scene in Zero de Conduite as yeah. well, and. It's that same kind of idea in Vigo's film that's here in the way that school life is depicted. In that it's very naturalistic, the way the children are portrayed and the way they act. Uh, it, it's something that, okay, shows them as being rambunctious and rebellious, but it never particularly judges them for yeah. it because at the end of the day, they're children. This is what children do. As we've discussed, they can be horrible, but that's what they do. Yeah. Well, you would rebel too if you were a child. Yeah. If like, you're in that kind yeah. of uh, well, I mean, you 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 speak as if it's a hypothetical, Andrew. Like you One did would rebel. rebel too. Yeah, you did rebel. As we've discussed. Yeah. yeah. And and I was right too. Being a child sucks. No one should be made absolutely <laughs> to be a child. Like at least not this way. Yeah. Not 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 the way the children are made to be. Mm-hmm. Like, like being a child could be the happiest days of your life. If only they'd let it be. Yeah, yeah. I and they can be. Yeah. Like it, it can, it can be amazing to be to 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 be a child at the same time. But it also sucks. It sucks I, really bad. Okay, I I feel like I'm the voice of dissent here at this table. I'm like being a child was kind of awesome. Actually, being a teenager was awesome. Everybody makes it out like it was the worst thing in the world. It was. That's because it was. I hated being a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I probably preferred being a teenager somewhat to being a child. But um, it being a teenager is also a terrible time. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I was fortunate to find people in my teens who uh, could accept me uh, for, for who I was. But not everybody has that experience yeah, in their teens. And one else certainly didn't. That's, yeah. his, I mean, that's ultimately his tragedy. The yeah. one person who ever really properly understood him was his best friend, who, of course, can't visit him anymore. Visit yeah. him at the end, come the end of the film. Yeah. So there he is, just left... Running in the surf. Yeah. Which is, is heartbreaking. 
And it is, and there's that wonderful shot of his face. Now, in fairness, um, we oh, talked... And by the way, Darren, people were horrible to you in school. Oh, they were. They were. Just in case you forgot. No, you'll need this for, 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 for when you finally lose your mind. You'll, you'll, you'll need to remember how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> the dissonance that I created when I pretended I had a happy yeah. childhood. I would say that if you're, if you're interested in the French New Wave, this is almost... Actually, is it the epitome of it? Well, I don't know. I mean, stereotypically, it'd be something like uh, Goddard's Breathless, but I think this is up there with the best of them. I, either this, or maybe Varda's Cleo de Saint Cassette, or maybe Hiroshima Mon Amour. This is like they're the ones, and this is as accessible and as lovely and as heartbreaking as it gets. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, that that's sort of like in the context of this, as, as Phil, as our our French film expert here. <laughs> don't call me expert, please. Don't. Well, I mean, Truffaut uh, famously wanted to direct thirty films. I think he got to twenty five before he passed away at the age of fifty. Yeah, he died relatively young. He died relatively young, which is very sad. And he he continued he continued the work of criticism while he was a film director. He did Hitchcock yeah. Truffaut, uh, which is a book and was a documentary last year, which I wholeheartedly recommend checking out. And of course, uh, most people, oddly. Perhaps, sadly enough, I don't know, most people will know him for his uh, part in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Where he plays the scientist in charge of the music. That's right. Um, in, in the Steven Spielberg film. Well, I mean, like, it's, it's not as if he didn't have his experiments with Hollywood. Like, he was, yeah. he was courted in 1963 to direct Bonnie and Clyde, I believe. And that's he, he recommended uh, Goddard yeah. for the role, I believe. And then it, uh, it eventually he, went to Arthur Payne. It eventually went to Arthur Payne. But it was, an, it, it was an intention to bring the yeah. French New Wave to America, I think. It was the, that was the idea. And, I mean, now Bonnie and Clyde, of course, did its own fantastic work in laying the groundwork yeah. for the uh, golden age of, of Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a very clear history there, a very clear, like, Thing that you can draw like i think there's a very clear connection between the new wave and between the 70s auteur mm. like i mean like truffaut was one of the pioneers of the theory as a critic the yeah, idea the auteur of theory the, the yeah, that's theory. where it, that's where it came from yeah. from cahiers um, yeah um and i believe it was also the the gentleman he, he dedicated the film to as well. yeah bazan i believe they both came up with it so i mean like you're talking about a guy who's left a huge footprint on film as a critic and as a director in his own right um, I'm ashamed. I'm actually very, very ashamed to say my only experience of his work has been Fahrenheit 451. Which isn't bad. It isn't bad. It's a very interesting film. It's visually striking. Uh, but apparently he was held back by the fact that he couldn't speak much English while he was directing. Yeah, I would well believe that. It's, okay. <laughs> well, you know, you try. it's always the way with Hollywood, even especially today. You know, we try... Uh, well, a director does well in Hollywood, or does well in their own country and then comes to Hollywood and they just get neutered. Well, like the, the imitation games, for example, that Passengers. Um, oh, Morton Tilden. Morton Tilden. Yeah, although it, you'd have to make the argument that um, he, Headhunters isn't that great. I like Headhunters. It's fine. It's I, I fine. really liked Headhunter. Yeah, I... I... But, but I think I liked it um, because I it, it, it came out of nowhere for me. It, yeah. it was a bit of a sleeper. Yeah, yeah. but it's a, um, it's for, a bit for of a English leap. audience anyway. Right. It's a bit of a leap though to go from that to the imitation game of yeah. Passenger. Well, it's not a leap. It's it, a leap implies movement upwards. Um, Fair enough. But I think. Um, but okay. So in terms of Truffaut, how would you rank it, Phil, of, of Truffaut's films? Like, is the Four Hundred Blows like what you think of when you think of Truffaut? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I it's it is his calling card, and it is his best film. Okay, he had the other films with uh, with Antoine Duanel and whatever else he made yeah. besides, but this is the one that just it has that moment those moments of heartbreak and those moments of humor because they all occur at that moment we can yeah. all relate to in childhood right and it I'm, does it so well i'm curious to know what what the other antoine duanel movies are so the films with uh, charting the adventures of antoine duanel are the 400 blows antoine collects stolen kisses bed on board and love on the run which gives you a 20 year history of this this fictional character this child growing up uh, which is remarkable, like in terms of like, as a character who's been handled by one director and writer and one actor mm. over twenty years, and to get to see him grow and evolve is, is remarkable. And I mean, we talk about how he began um, as as sort of a counterpart for um, for Truffaut. Like, I mean, in his later movies, even the the girlfriend, um, even even Antoine's girlfriend, Christine. Um, Christine, was played by Truffaut's favorite actress Claude Jade, and. They, he fell in love with her and was briefly engaged to her. Like the, the autobiographical connection doesn't end there. No. Um, in in the middle of all of this, I mean, we're talking about just how well Truffaut uh, brought out this character. But all credit to Jean Pierre Léo. Oh yes. Yeah. It was only about thirteen, fourteen when it was shot. Incredible. Yeah. And he's remarkable. There's the scenes towards the end where he is brought in for an interview with a psychoanalyst. The, yes. Which Those is. are actually uh, Léo's audition pieces. What? 
Yeah, I've seen they the were, footage, yeah. yeah. They were edited into the film with a voice of a psychoanalyst oh, okay. patched in, someone playing a psychoanalyst patched in yeah. to make it look like partly it all stemmed from the narrative. That's remarkable. Um, all right, then we'll sort of wrap things up. Let's take a look at where it is on the 250. Um, it's at 198. Um, so it is below in terms of other films about young, ch- young children. It's below Stand By Me. Um, it's also below in the name of the father. Uh, Spotlight and the Force Awakens in terms of modern stuff. It's a head. seen in the name of the father. We did. We talked about in the name of the father. Uh, just below uh, Wild Tales, the Argentinian uh, comedy. Portmanto. This is this is the one that nobody can figure out why it's on here. I think isn't I it? can't. I've seen it and I can't. Yeah. Um. Even talking to it's to, just above Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and Max Mad, Mad, Mad Max Fury Road and the Maltese Falcon and Twelve Years a Slave. Interesting company. Yeah. Do you think that's about right? Would you put it higher? Or would you put it lower? Phil. Almost. Be, I. I'd put it higher, both from a quality point of view and just for it's what it means for a cinema. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd, 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 I'd be inclined to agree. And I'd also say that, like, obviously it needs to be higher. Um, when you look at the movies around us, while those are good movies, some of them, yeah, um, they're not there. really, they're not, they're not the 400 blows. Yeah, right? well, but then again, and, and then yeah, again, like the, the Maltese Falcon is, is below it as well. Like the, the, the thing about the Andy list, we've talked about this before, is it, it's very much voted by people of a generation that came up during the 90s. So, like, the, the higher rungs of the list are dominated by 1990s films and, you know, modern films that have come in. I think, like, the, the placing of the 400 Blows as a 1959 film around 200 is... I wouldn't say it's suitable or fair. I certainly don't think it's But it's, it's quite remarkable. Predictable, maybe. Yeah. Or, well, like, or, I mean, you look at the films around, like, Spotlight or Wild Tales, they're going to they're gonna fall. Yeah. And they're going to continue to fall. Yeah. And I think the 400 Blows is going to stay That's going to stay there. Yeah, and it should. All right. So with, with that in mind, then, um, I think the only thing left to do um, is to pick next week's movie using the random number generator. So I'm going to ask Phil to do the honours and just sort of push the button and make it happen. Can I push the button? Can I get to push the button? Can I really push the button? You, I push the button. As a guest, Phil, you can do that. Push the button. And we landed on... 181. What, what's, what's number 181? It is Gone Girl. Oh, speaking of recent entries. Speaking of recent entries, and there's an example. It's higher than the 400 flows. Um, myself, <laughs> myself and Phil have seen this and we both talked about it. And I think we both love it very much. I love Gone Girl. I it's, think it's, it's a film that I've never read the book. I did not know what to expect from it. But yeah, I, you can see why David Fincher was brought on for this. Oh, it's, it's brilliantly stylish and, and wonderful. Andrew, you haven't seen I it. I have not seen it. You have not seen it yet. I, All right. And you say it's brilliantly stylish, but oh, talk about those undercurrents, baby. Oh, it is. And it, it's, it's well, okay, it's a film that I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about because it has got a lot of meat to digest. Why? Is, is there a bit of controversy to it? There oh, might, there might. <laughs> there might just be a bit of controversy. So let's stick on the trailer, just have a quick look at it, and uh, see what we're looking we're talking about next week. As you all know, my wife, Amy Elliott Dunn, disappeared three days ago. She may be the face I can't forget, a trace of pleasure or regret. May be my treasure or the price I have to pay. She may be the song that summer sings. Maybe the chill that autumn brings Maybe a hundred different things Within the measure of a day You can't go on like this! It's not good enough for you! It's not even close! She may be the reason I survive The why and wherefore I'm alive The one I'll care for through the rough and rainy Take a laughter and her tears And make them all my souvenirs Where she goes I've got to be The meaning of my life is She She Stay back everybody, stay back I did not kill my wife I am not a murderer. So I think it says a lot about the trailer that Darren and I, as the ones who have seen it, we can't stop laughing it is, at it. It's, it's a film that, yeah, it's a trailer that works very well. Having not seen the film, it suggests one type of film. 
And I we're think the just don't like, give too much away. Yeah, I think the I fact haven't seen it. It's All right. like it's a film that is going to constantly undercut your expectations. I, I, what what that was an Eric Costello song, but who was singing it? I have no idea. Uh, that's a cover of Elvis Costello. It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, it's, it's that thing that we're doing with where that they're doing with all modern trailers these days, where you the do a sad, sad version the sad, of the song. Creepy. Like I mean, Fincher's done it before with uh, the Social Network. Which yes, is, and, yeah. course, and of course, then in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo as well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very much like a stock thing. Even the Alien Covenant trailer has a, a Nature Boy version. Oh yeah, sound sad and creepy. That's uh, just unnecessary. It is just unnecessary. But anyway, so uh, what I'm... are you doing at the moment, Phil? Hmm? What are you doing at the moment? How do you mean? Well, where can we find you online? Where... Oh, right. Uh, well, I'm just about to go. I just, I, well, I don't know. I thought maybe I used the bathroom first. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you can find me online. My uh, Twitter handle is a cynical film. C-Y-N-I-C-A-L-F-A-L-M. All one word, because that's how Twitter works. Because Twitter's an idiot. And uh, other than that, yeah, you'll find me usually noodling around at sconon.com, where I am one of the contributors and reviews editor. Cool. And Andrew, what are you up to lately? I am still on Twitter. Haven't been removed yet. We're uh, working on that. We're <laughs> working on it. The, uh, um, if, if anyone has any ideas on how I can get kicked off Twitter, uh, tweet me at A-Q-U-I-N-N-I-U-Q-A. Perfect. And I'm at Darren underscore Mooney. Uh, you can listen to the podcast on Stitcher, listen to it on iTunes, give us high ratings, subscribe, love us people. Uh, if you like the podcast, tell everyone. If you don't like it, tell many, us. Many thanks to the people who have already uh, rated and reviewed. We, we should probably have an episode soon to thank you. All right. Thanks, and Thanks guys. very much for listening. All right. Take it easy. You. Bye.